There are people who will tell you that if you want to be physically fit and have any type of prowess in athletics, then your core is pivotal. They say things like, work your core. Now the core is that middle section of your body between your pelvic floor and your diaphragm. And doctors tell you that this is far more than something that just makes up your abs and, and gives you a washboard stomach, or in my case, the, the tub you wash the wash in. They actually include both your abdominal muscles, but also the ones in your back and the sides of your stomach. Now the core muscles squeeze or hug the spine, almost like a hand would squeeze a tube of toothpaste, taking pressure off the body. These muscles, and there are many of them in this area of your body, they work hard together to achieve balance in your spine. Now I'm gonna tell you that my core is not my strongest area of exercise. Actually, I struggle to work my core regularly and I'm pretty sure it shows. I mean, I do not like setups or planks. This is probably gonna cause me some problems later. It could lead to back injuries, bad posture, and even bad balance. Our core makes us strong as a total body and it gives us strength to stand and an ability to be balanced. Interesting enough, we're talking about core values and while these are not the same as the core of our body, there are definitely some similarities. If you don't have core values in your life, then you're going to find that your life lacks a few things. Balance, strength, and you're going to struggle to have the ability to stand when times get hard. At White Oak, these five core values are the things we want to be known for, but they're also the things we believe will lead us to all the full life that Jesus wants for us. And here's the truth. We don't just want this to be a list we have on the church website or we hang on a wall somewhere, but we want this to be the things that each of us live out individually. We believe that unless we implement these values at a personal level, then we will never be a reality at White Oak as a whole. As we've been going through these values, we've talked about three of them thus far. We've talked about generosity, community, and authenticity. And if you've missed any of these, then I would encourage you to go back and listen to those messages on our website or our YouTube page. You need to understand all of these if you want them to be part of your life. And today, we're gonna to continue this as we talk about our core value of multiplication. Now my oldest son, Sam, he just finished the first grade. And as a parent, you forget what it was like to learn and grow and begin to be able to do things you couldn't do before. Now this year has been a, a great chance to remind me how amazing it is to see the human mind expand. Sam was able to learn how to read entire books all by himself. He now reads signs on the road and he will regularly say to me, hey dad, what does that word mean? He has grown exponentially and what he can do on his own. Now one of those areas he learned was math. This year, Sam learned how to add and subtract. Now he's not great at it yet, but he understands the concept of if you add this to that, then you get another number. Now he'll master this one day, just like we all have, but then he's going to be taken to the next level, multiplication. 
as a kid, when you first learned the premise of multiplication, it, it's kind of a difficult idea to grasp. The math concept of addition actually became pretty clear. I mean, my son Sam spent a year learning addition, but when multiplication comes along, it takes a little longer. It's this understanding that when you take a number and multiply it by another number, it's far greater amount than addition accomplishes. It's really harder to visualize and therefore it takes a little more time to understand. Honestly, there may be some of you listening right now who still struggle with multiplying anything more than a couple of numbers large. Addition is easy, but multiplication is hard. See, the same is true for us multiplying the kingdom of God. Often when we think of growing the kingdom, we think in terms of what we can do personally. We think, if I can reach one person, then I'm growing the kingdom. That's true, but God has a bigger plan for His kingdom. He doesn't simply want to reproduce, but He wants to multiply His kingdom through White Oak and the church. He has a promise of what He will do if we work to multiply His kingdom. And this will lead to our big idea for this value, which is together we grow. And the reality is this isn't a new promise. From the very beginning of time, God had a plan for growing the world. In Genesis, after He created man and woman, He said to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. As you can see from that verse, from the very beginning, God had a plan that mankind was to fill this earth with more sons and daughters, and that those sons and daughters would create more and more and more and more. Throughout Genesis, we can see that God made a promise to His people that if they would serve and honor Him, then He would multiply their presence on this earth. Now, God calls on us to be part of that promise. We as believers and followers of Jesus are called to be part of the multiplication of God's kingdom. If you're listening and you're not a believer, then I encourage you just to lean in and hear what is involved in the decision to follow Jesus. You're part of something bigger than yourself. So here we are, and we can see that together we grow, but how does that growth happen? How do we take this call of being fruitful and multiplying out into the world and make it happen? We're going to talk about that today. And we are going to be primarily setting in a passage of Scripture in the book of John. Now, John is one of the Gospels of the Bible, or, or that's what we go as the stories of Jesus' life. And so we're going to be reading the words of Jesus as He talks about this value of multiplication. So we're going to be in John chapter 12. Now, the context of this book of Scripture is that Jesus has just come into Jerusalem. And this was predicted in the Old Testament and has been praised by all the people. They are welcoming him in as a coming king. Now, if you're a churchgoer, you know that this is what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. Jesus riding into the city on a donkey and the people crying out, Hosanna, or God save us now. And after this occurs, Jesus begins to meet with different sets of people. I imagine they're speaking to him about how Jesus is going to conquer and become the king. And here, starting in verse 23, Jesus presents this picture of how his kingdom will come into power. Let's read this. 
And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now there's a few things we can take from this passage that relate to how we can grow the kingdom of God together. The first one is multiplication involves sacrifice. Jesus starts off by telling these people that the time has come for him to be glorified. I mean, that's a good start, right? Jesus is going to be glorified, and they're seeing him becoming this powerful king, reigning and making more disciples. Wrong. The next thing he tells them is, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now at this point, I have to believe that these listeners were confused. They're saying, Jesus, you just said you're going to be glorified. Why are, why are you talking about death? Now Jesus is using this image of the wheat to paint a picture for us. And what a beautiful picture it is. You have this little grain of wheat. And if you set that little grain of wheat on a table and you come back to it a year from now, it's still just going to be one little grain of wheat sitting there. Come back 10 years from now, still one little grain of wheat. But if you put that little grain of wheat down into the ground and it dies, out of that death comes a new form, a new body, comes the stalk, comes the new kernel or corn of wheat, they call it, and many more wheat seeds. And the potential of one wheat seed is tremendous. I read somewhere that if you just took a kernel of corn and plant it and then take from that one kernel of corn, all of the seeds that that kernel makes, right, that grew from that one, and then you plant those, I think that in 10 years it says that you would actually have enough corn seed to plant every acre of ground on the face of the earth with corn. Just each year planting everything that came from that one. You see, when God created the plants and all, He said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And surely the potential is there. And so, Jesus is using a neat little illustration here referring to His death. Look, unless it dies, it stays by itself. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Listen, growth hurts. When we were growing up, my brother had so much knee pain when we were teenagers. And it was all because of his growth. His knees would hurt because they were growing faster than his body could keep up. And as a result, he had pain. Growth is not always either, and neither is growing this kingdom. This is a challenge for people as we look at what we want in this world and what Jesus teaches us is fruitful. Fortunately, we do not serve a king who is not willing to model this teaching. Jesus chose to give his life as a sacrifice for all mankind so that through him we could multiply and bring more people into full life. This gospel teaches us that we must give up our lives so that we can be fruitful and multiply. Which leads me to the second point this passage makes. Multiplication means living in a way that is different from the world. The world will tell you that happiness and success comes from lots of different things. Money, success, sex, romance, kids, career, education. 
Now, while these things are not all necessarily bad, we also have to understand that these are not the things that will make us grow the kingdom. We are challenged to not let our lives be focused on what we get and how we can be blessed, but on how we can serve our king in his fields. Jesus said, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, the life of success, fame, pride, wealth, the pleasures that the culture will tell us are important. We're to give this up and to serve Him and go out and multiply the harvest of believers. We do this by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. There's no other way to be fruitful unless we let go of our way of doing things and start following the path that God has placed before us. This might mean that God is calling you to go out and reach new people through your career, through your family, or through this church. Sometimes this is hard because it means we have to let something else go. Twelve years ago, when White Oak stepped out in faith and sent people to start the Ross campus, it was not easy for some people. They had friends in this church who left to start that new campus. For some people, these were close friends who were almost more like family. And the truth is, that hurt. There was pain because even though God was calling us to His plans, it meant we needed to step away from or let go of people and things that we enjoyed. The world would tell us, even some people in the church would say, that's okay to be safe and comfortable and to be internally focused on keeping our people happy and healthy. Look. I want all people at White Oak to feel welcomed, loved, cared for, and supported onto the path to full life in Jesus. We can and should be continuing to care for our flock. If that love and care for our flock gets in the way of the mission Jesus gave us and begins to impede the true mission of God, then we need to begin to realize that we have to live in a new way. I want everyone to feel that same love care and support and full life in Jesus. And that means trying to grow the kingdom beyond the people who are already in the doors. This is what Jesus means when he says, give up your life. He is referring to both the worldly and the people who have let the physical building of the church become their idol. Finally, multiplication is not meant to be done alone. What we see here is that we can't grow on our own. Jesus says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Jesus is telling his disciples that when they follow him, they will be given the Holy Spirit as the power to help them. When we're trying to spread the kingdom of God, we first need to understand that this is not something done as a human endeavor. We need Jesus in our life. Later on in the book of John, Jesus is gathered and with his disciples and he's talking about many things and he shares this advice to them. He says, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. 
What Jesus is telling them is that for us to be able to multiply and be fruitful for his kingdom, we need to abide in him. That's an interesting word, abide. You might not give it a lot of thought, but I did. Abide basically means to dwell in, to remain in or continue to be in. Jesus is saying, look, unless a branch stays connected to a vine, it withers up and dies. So what is he saying? As a people, we're meant to continue to remain in and dwell in a relationship with Jesus. It means we need to be getting on our hands and knees daily in prayer. We need to be regularly reading the words of Scripture. We need to be worshiping and praising God regularly, abiding in God. And abiding in God also means we're not trying to do this alone. He is saying that we are meant to disciple each other. Jesus is telling us that we need to do this together, both with Him, but also as a team. I mean, for Adam and Eve to grow the world, they needed to do it together. Adam couldn't say, you know, I think I want to have kids, but I think I'll just try to make one out of another one of my ribs. No, he needed Eve. Maybe you're trying to multiply the kingdom, but you're trying to do it on your own. Like maybe you're praying for growth and you're hoping, but you haven't started sharing that prayer with anyone else. Maybe you're growing in your faith and you're reading scripture and books and listening to podcasts, but you're not also bouncing those ideas off of anybody else. I mean, maybe you're trying to be a light to your neighbors and coworkers, but you're never actually doing anything more than telling them about Jesus. And you've kind of left them to fend for their faith on their own. Throughout the scriptures, we can see that God made a promise to his people that if they would serve and honor him, then he would multiply their presence on this earth. But he never sent these people to do this on their own. Abraham had Sarah. Moses had Aaron. Elijah had Elisha. Jesus had 12 disciples. When we're called to multiply, we're called to do this as a team. If you missed it, go back and listen to the message on community and you will see that we were never meant to go at this calling alone. Together we grow. Reality is that multiplication of God's kingdom starts not just with telling more people, but in creating more leaders. Here at White Oak, we want to have a culture and a value of multiplying leaders in a way that we're not trying to do this all on our own. We are creating more leaders who are in turn creating more leaders. Now, sometimes we get into this trap of thinking that the best way for us to maximize the growth of the kingdom would be through our personal leadership. But reality is, that's not the best way to do this. The best way to maximize leaders is to develop and disciple more leaders. We're going to be called into relationships and begin to, this new process of discipling one another. Jesus made it clear. The price of multiplication means giving up some of the things you think are most important. Your status, career, your pride, traditions. At White Oak, we will be a church that multiplies, not just believers, but also a church where we are starting new campuses in places where we see the opportunity to reach a new community. Today, you need to ask yourself the question of where do you see God calling you to multiply? Is it at home, at work, at school? Tonight, at our Coleraine campus, we are going to come together to learn about, 
pray for and see how God is using missionaries to foreign countries to multiply the kingdom. I encourage you and your family to attend this event. This was Jesus' dream. You see, Jesus knew that when He talked about the kingdom multiplying, that He probably could have done this on His own. I mean, certainly the Son of God was powerful enough to expand the kingdom, but He knew the limitations He would have as a man. And so, He understood that this needed to happen through people who are equipping others. I mean, here's what He told the disciples just before leaving this earth. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus knew we were meant to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to work together, to go out and to spread the word of God to all people. We need to remember that even though things might be going well for us, and we're not struggling to fill the doors of this building or, or these seats that we don't forget that this is not the goal. That there is more multiplication needed. Multiplication needed in your life, in this church, in this community, and in the world. We need to be earnestly praying before a powerful God for what is next. Who are we leading next? Who are we training up to be the next generation? Where is White Oak going to plant our next campus? For me, the ultimate plan would be that when we open those doors of Ross, that we actually start having conversations about who we are sending next. We're going to start dreaming and praying about the next campus that we will spin off of our Ross campus, just like those amazing people who dreamt and prayed about sending people from Coleraine to Ross. Listen, sometimes we say these things and we just take them as ideas and not reality. I want you to hear me say that I'm saying this aloud so that it becomes reality. And so if you're listening to this message and you're feeling the tug of Jesus saying to you, go, then our leadership wants to hear from you. Come talk to us about where God is calling you. And we will pray together about how White Oak can make that happen. Together we grow.